Pizza Movies 2017. So let me ask you a question. How many of you have seen Beauty and the Beast? All right, okay, that's a great question. So how many of you have seen the original version, the cartoon Disney version, that is the real version? And then how many of you have seen the new version with real live people that when you listen to it, it's like, feels like you're on a parallel earth? Like it's, it's the same words, it's almost the same tune, but it's like, wait, that's just not quite right. Who's your favorite character in Beauty and the Beast? Belle, yeah, awesome. Belle, good. Josh, who's your favorite character? Beast, of course. Mrs. Potts, yeah. A luminaire, he is very ha ha ha. He's pretty great. Anybody else? Favorite character in Beast? Beauty and the Beast? Chip? Chip is cool. I like Chip a lot. Well, this morning we're going to uh, kind of take the, the story of Beauty and the Beast, and over the next four weeks we're going to be um, taking some of the movies that are out now or have come out in recent uh, past that um, can give us a, a springboard into God's Word onto some pretty powerful topics. Uh, we're going to look at topics like transformation today. We're going to look at topics like uh, grace and evangelism and community and purpose over the next, the next four weeks. And uh, so how do we take these pieces of culture, right, because movies are a part of our culture, and how do we use them as an opportunity to talk about faith? And uh, so that's what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. Jake, you had a question. Uh, no, but that would be awesome. Yeah, Captain Underpants is not in the rotation this time, but maybe another time. I mean, there are some churches that have holy underwear, so Captain Underpants would be appropriate in there. If, if, uh, but not here. We don't we don't have holy underwear in Life Quest. Um, some churches do. All right, let's watch the trailer. My dear Belle, you're so ahead of your time. This is a small village. You are the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Nobody deserves it. And it's small-minded as well. But small also means safe. Nothing. Get out of here! Go! 
If she is the one who will break the spell, you must finally learn to love. Have you really read every one of these books? No. Some of them are in Greek. True as it can be. Beauty and the Beast was one of the movies that when Terry and I were dating, uh, we saw in the theater and then we bought the soundtrack and would listen to it in the car always. Um, it's one of those amazing stories of, of redemption and transformation and, and grace. And uh, so what I want to do this morning is when we think about Beauty and the Beast and the Beast, Right, the beast was scary, right? Uh, when when Belle sees him for the first time in that dark hallway and she asks him to step into the light, what happens? What does she do? What does she do? She gets scared, right? She <gasps> she backs up. She she kind of catches her breath. Yeah. She gasps. Yeah, because he's scary. And and you know all throughout the story. There are these moments where Beast, um, you, you saw it when, when the flower, he, he thinks that she's done something to the flower. He yells at her. He breaks things, right? Do you, do you know of anybody who, when they, things don't go their way, they, maybe they yell or they break things or they throw a tantrum when they don't get their way? Is there anyone that you know that, that might be like that? Yeah. A toddler? Yeah. Yeah. Lucas, oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Phoebe, yeah, everyone's throwing their siblings under the bus. I'm waiting for one of my kids to say, my dad. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. There's that beast inside of all of us, isn't there? I'd be very, very afraid. So beast is this character who is, who is terrifying, and intentionally so, the, the, his character in the story is scary. And, and the whole point of it is how could someone ever truly love a beast? But it's Belle's love for him that breaks through the, the hardness and the darkness and, and it transforms his heart of stone. Here's the point of today's message, really. This is it. This is the point. God's love can transform the worst of sinners into the chiefest of saints. God's love can transform the worst of us into becoming a saint of God. That's the power of the gospel. Look at what it says. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 19. This is the story of Saul. In verse 1 it says, But Saul, 
Remember we were just talking about somebody who gets really mad and he breaks things and he yells and he loses his mind and does really mean things? Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the, to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found anyone belonging to the way, uh, the way is what they called Christians, that they were people who followed Jesus were people of the way. And so Paul has gotten a letter from the, from the religious police giving him permission that if he finds anybody who's following the way, following Jesus, that he can bring them bound. That means he can arrest them, have them tied up, and drag them from their homes or from wherever they're having church and bring them back to Jerusalem. And so now... As he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly, so, so imagine, you have this really angry, mean guy, right? He's on his horse, and he's riding to this city because he heard there's a bunch of people who follow Jesus in this city, and he's got permission to arrest them, tie them up, and drag them back so that they can go to trial. And so he's on his way to Damascus, and all of a sudden, this is what it says in verse 3, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly... A light from heaven shone around him, so bright that it actually, it says, falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So imagine he's got, he's got all the authority in this situation. He's, gotten, he's got a, a letter from, the, from, his, from the, the highest authority in his community and so he's, he's got everything that he needs, and, and he's got permission to go be a bully, and it's, it's allowed, right? He's got a free pass to go be a bully, and on the way to do his job, all of a sudden this like, laser beam floodlight from heaven blinds him, knocks him off his horse, and then he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who do you think that was, guys? Jesus, yeah, why are you persecuting me? And so Saul says, who are you, Lord? Right, could you imagine that like, you were knocked off your horse and a voice from the sky saying, why are you persecuting me? Saul's pretty scared. And so he says, uh, who are you, Lord? And the voice says, and he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you're supposed to do. So the men who were traveling with him stood speechless. They heard the voice, but they didn't see anyone. We don't know whether or not they even saw the light that maybe only Saul saw the light that knocked him on the ground. And so Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were open, you could see his eyeballs, he saw nothing. He was so, the light was so bright that God sent that it actually blinded him. And so Saul hears this voice. He, he gets up off of the ground, and now all of a sudden Saul can't even see. And so they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was blind. You guys ever, ever been, anyone ever been blind? No? You got dirt thrown in your face, yeah? That, that maybe counts. Um, 
Losing your vision is a pretty scary thing. Um, there have been times uh, that we've been working at the new building where I had to go down into the basement and um, the lights got turned off and there's no windows down there. And, and the darkness of being in that basement can be pretty scary, um, right? And not that there's anything in the basement at our building to be afraid of other than low-hanging monster beams that for tall people would not be fun to walk into. Yeah, there are spiders down there. In the total dark? No, no, no flashlights. Dark. And it was dark. Wonderful. So another example of Christian bullying. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Dude, we're going to put you in the dark and you're going to like it. But he's blind for three days. He couldn't see. He couldn't see where his toothbrush was. He couldn't see where his clothes were. He didn't know which way he was. And he's in a strange place. He's not even in his own house. He's in some stranger's house. Now, it says in verse 10, there was a disciple in Damascus who was a follower of Jesus, who it's Saul's job to go hunt this guy down, arrest him, tie him up, and drag him back to Jerusalem. And God speaks to Ananias and says, Ananias, in a similar response, right? When Saul encounters Jesus and he's blinded and he's knocked to the ground, he says, who are you, Lord? Now God speaks again to Ananias, who follows Jesus, Ananias. And Ananias replies, here am I, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. Behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in, lay hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias said, um, God, I'm not sure if you got your messages lately. Like, have you checked your voicemail? Um, have you checked your email? Because this guy, Saul, is bad. And the whole reason that he's here in my town is to arrest me, tie me up, and drag me back to Jerusalem so that I could possibly be put to death. And you want me to go to his house? He says, this is what Ananias said. He said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, about how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind, to tie up all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias obeyed. He departed. He entered the house. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came and has sent me, he has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell off of his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. Today, I don't know if many of you know this, today is actually the day of Pentecost. Uh, today is 50 days after 
the, the, the Passover, and it's the day that the Israelites celebrated uh, a special feast. And uh, for the disciples on that very first Pentecost, it was the day that the Holy Spirit came down and filled the upper room where the 120 people were praying and waiting for Jesus to transform them. And, and in Acts chapter 1, it talks about how they were all praying, and in that room, all of a sudden, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. And, and everyone that was in there, there was actually, it looked like fire, like hovering over each one of them. And the, the Holy Spirit came and filled them with, with his power, and they all began to pray in languages that they didn't know. And they were transformed. God's love can transform the worst of sinners into his saints. Um, that is really the point. And so in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Paul, so Saul, this guy who is out to get Christians, he's out to get uh, people who, call, who follow Jesus, has this encounter where Jesus literally blows his socks off and knocks his glasses off, makes him blind. And, and I don't know about you, but like I kind of like to think visually. And so, I don't know, it says that when Ananias prayed for him, something like scales fell from his eyes. So, like, I don't know, like, I, I remember when Toby, no, not Toby, Jesse was little. Um, and she was uh, fortunate enough to get pink eye, like nobody's business. Like, it was this you know, you know me. This is Life Quest. Uh, so we're going to talk about something really gross. Um, she had this green goo that was in her eyes, and it was like a goo volcano in both eyes of just goo just running out of her eyes. It was nasty. It was so bad, and it was over the weekend, so I had to go to the hospital because there was, the doctor said just take her to the emergency room while we sat in the ER and waited for them to give us the drops and all of that. It was just, it was so nasty. And I, I wonder if when Ananias prayed for Saul, if something like some goo, some something came, because it says that something like scales fell out of his eyes and he could see. It's kind of gross. Maybe. Maybe God put like black contact lenses in his eyes, like bleep, blind. I don't know. Something. God did something to him that caused him not to be able to see. And then he gave him a vision and said, there's going to be a guy. He's going to come. He's going to pray for you, and you're going to be healed. And he did. Ananias showed up and did exactly what God said he was going to do. But Paul, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he calls himself the chief of sinners. I'm the worst, right? Like when, when you're in school or you're at work, we do our best to try to be our best, right? To be the best at what we do. Uh, at sports or in our jobs or in our hobbies or, you know, we, we want to make sure that we do things well. If your, your hobby is acting or music, right, you practice, you try to be your best. And Saul is saying, I was the best sinner there was. Like when it came to sinning, I was the king of sinners. I was the worst Even, even after all that he did to try to stop Christianity, God looked at this guy who's the king 
of the sinners and said, that guy I can use. That guy I can do something with. God's love was able to pierce Paul's life. There's no one who is too far from God. And, and so I just want to encourage you this morning. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter how bad of a person we are. Jesus' love forgives us. When we invite him, when we ask him to forgive us, and we come to him with a repentant heart, he can transform us, just like he did beast. God paid uh, the ultimate price. Now, here's something interesting. In, in the story, Beauty and the Beast, Bell begins to see something changing in his heart. And I wonder if Ananias, as he's standing there praying for Saul, that Saul, Ananias may have seen a, a beginning of a change of heart. Let's see what it looked like for Belle when she started to see uh, beast change. Something sweet and almost kind. But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined. And now he is dear and so unsure. I wonder why I didn't see it there before. <laughs> she glanced this way. I thought I saw. When we touched, she didn't shudder at my paw. No, it can't be. I'll just ignore. But then she's never looked at me that way before. All right, so word of wisdom, young men. If you want to impress a girl, do not break her nose with a snowball. All right? Right? Right. He is a beast. Um, it, It did work for him, but I'm just saying... If you try that, uh, you may have a restraining order put out on you. Um, not a good idea. You know, but it's interesting because uh, later on in the story, when, when the town finds out that Belle has fallen in love with the beast, they lose their minds, right? They, I mean, it's the classic, let's get the pitchforks and the torches, and we're going to, what are they going to do? They sing a song, they're going to kill the beast, Right? Bell knows that underneath something has changed. Something has begun to shift in Beast's heart. And so underneath his physical appearance, although that's scary and he's got horns and fangs and fur, um, and, I, I, you know, when I look myself in the mirror, uh, I have fangs and I have hair. The only thing I don't have is horns, right? Because I'm pretty much as fuzzy as the Beast anyway. But she saw underneath that that there was there was a heart that was willing to change and for us if we are willing to turn our lives over god wants to come in and fill us with his love and fill us with his holy spirit and transform us into his saints you know it's interesting that that god's love he rescues us he rescues us from our brokenness. He rescues us from our sin. Now, there's nothing that says rescue like the picture of a puppy. Right? We love puppies. Right? Everybody loves puppies. That puppy is a Boston Terrier. And I want to tell you a story about that specific puppy. This young family had gotten this puppy 
Um, Boston Terriers are, uh, my, my daughter is wanting to get a puppy, um, which is insane. Um, like we don't have enough to do. I know that's next year. That's next year. The conversation's on the table about a puppy. And, and Joy wants a Great Dane. Right? Right? Except for the fact that Great Danes cost $3,000 to buy a Great Dane. Um, yeah, I don't see how that's going to happen. Uh, Boston Terriers are, uh, at, on a good day, if you are a breeder of Boston Terriers, they go for $1,500 a puppy. Um, and so because of their size, um, they are easily stolen. And so um, many times if people, owners of Boston Terriers who will put their dogs out in the backyard um, will come home and find that their dog is gone. Even They may even still be home and, and put the dog out and then come out and find that their dog has been stolen. Um, so this story, this, this story is a little bit like when, when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's terrible. Uh, but then on the same side, you're going you're gonna to have a moment when you're mad at the owners um, because the husband and wife got this puppy, and the, the dog apparently wasn't feeling well, and so the, the husband took the puppy for a ride, and, and, and they went for a walk in the park, and then he had to do some errands. This is where you can get mad at the owner, because he left the dog in the car for 40 minutes. Yeah, not supposed to do that. Um, and in those 40 minutes when he came back, he found that his... Uh, Passenger side door had been smashed and his dog was gone, right? And so you could imagine that someone um, either stole the dog because it's a valuable dog or someone said, you're a lousy dog owner and I'm going to rescue your dog uh, and you don't deserve to keep your dog because you left him in the car for 40 minutes with the windows rolled up because they had to smash the window to steal the dog. So this couple flipped out. Uh, Obviously, they lost their very expensive dog and it's a dog. It's their puppy. So they offered a $10,000 reward for the return of their puppy. And miraculously, this 18-year-old person said, Oh, look, I found your dog in the dog carrier. And, and they said, No strings attached. Uh, we, we, if you return the dog, they, they put it on social media. They put it in the newspaper. They put posters all up. And, and they got their dog back. And, and they, they gave the $10,000 to this 18-year-old kid who returned the dog. And their, their response was that, you know, we hope that he has a, a wonderful prom. Uh, I can't even imagine what a $10,000 prom would look like. Um, yeah. Anyways, I tell that story to say that they were willing to pay a massive ransom to return, to have their puppy return to them, right? A a ridiculous amount of money for a dog. But the Bible says that God paid a ransom so much more valuable than $10,000 for you and for me, that he paid a ransom by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross in our place so that when we put our faith in him, we are rescued from separation from God. We are rescued from an eternity separated from God. We are rescued from, the, from, our, from our lives of sin, that he transforms us. 
And like, I, I don't have a clip uh, from the new movie of the transformation, but at the end, when Belle brings that, that, that true love's kiss before he turns 21 or 18 or however it is, whatever it is in the fairy tales, how does he have to be 18 in the movie? But it's going to fall by his 18th birthday, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Of course, the purely analytical Dickersons have discovered the flaw in everything. There's a flaw in the movie, which thank you, now everyone's thinking about the flaw, not about what I'm talking about. So stop right now. We'll talk about it over lunch. This is why kids are in Kids Quest for the whole time. (laughs) Upstairs. God paid the ultimate ransom for each and every one of us when he sent his son. He was willing to give more than $10,000 to rescue us. He gave his only son. That's amazing. They're not talking about the pedals anymore. Change them. You're not horrible. God's love transforms the worst of sinners into saints of God. He can transform us. And so today, as, as, we, uh, as we worship the Lord, and, and, and today is, is the, the day of Pentecost, again, 2017, I want, to, I want to share a couple of stories about how God transforms people today by the power of his Holy Spirit. Um, when, when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they are, they are filled with his Holy Spirit presence. We, we receive the Holy Spirit when we get saved, but there is an, another experience that we can have that's available to us. And so what happens is when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the way that, that we know that that's happened is that they, we begin to speak in a language that we don't know. So I have a a guy that I know who is a missionary in Honduras, and he works with children. And I want to share a story that just happened. Um, So they work with orphans and with kids in the community in Honduras, and they have this thing called the Kingdom Camp, King's Kids Camps. And at their camp, um, they have a prayer tower. And so the kids can go and pray at the prayer tower, pray in the tower. They can have people pray for them. And, and so it's, it's Don and Terry Triplett, they're Assemblies of Missionaries, um, King's Castle Ministries is what it's called, in, in El Salvador, not Honduras. And, and so he tells a story about how one day he was walking across the campus, and this girl named Anna came walking up to him. Now here's the thing that's cool about Anna. Anna doesn't know any English. She doesn't speak English. But Anna had been in the prayer tower and had been prayed for and was praying for God to fill her with the Holy Spirit. And so Anna came walking up to the missionary, and, and he said to her in Spanish, hello. And, and she said, uh, she looked at him and she said, uh, hi, Brother Don, how are you? And then he stopped and carried out a conversation with this young girl uh, with her speaking perfect English. And so as she's speaking, one of her friends starts to laugh. And so so missionary uh, turns to the young girl and he says, what's so funny? Why are you laughing? And she said, she doesn't know English. But she was in the prayer tower and all of a sudden as she was praying, she began to pray and worship the Lord in English. 
and it's been three days, and she's still speaking English. Um, but she hasn't learned the language, and she spoke perfectly. That's amazing. That is a transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit that God gave her the ability to speak a language she didn't know. Now let me tell you another story. This just happened this year. There's a young man. His name is uh, Nya Cha. I'm going to brutalize his name. He's, he is from Myanmar, which is in Southeast Asia. And his family were Buddhists. And his parents packed up their whole family. Actually, it was just their mom because they couldn't afford to bring dad with them. And so mom and all the kids packed up and moved to the United States. They didn't know anyone. They didn't know any. They didn't know the language. They didn't know anything. And dad had to stay behind. And he was probably your age, Jake, when they moved. So he's just a little guy. And now there's no dad because dad is back in Myanmar. So they come to the United States. They move to Minnesota. And they begin to uh, live their lives here in Minnesota. And they lose contact with dad. They have no idea what's going on with dad. And so he grows up without a father. And he, they get invited to an Assemblies of God church, and they start attending, and, they, and now he's a teenager. And now he's, he's coming to youth group. And the youth pastor said that, that Nyo Chao and his friends were, he called, he described them as future leaders. Because every time they came, they were a disruption and a problem and causing a ruckus every time that they were there. And, but for whatever reason, Nya stayed and began to listen to the youth pastor's messages and began to uh, explore what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. And eventually, he gave his heart to Jesus and became a Christian. Um, but he struggled because every time someone talked about Father God, God the Father, he had this, yeah, but my dad just wrote us off. My dad, I don't even know where my dad is. I don't even know who he is. He actually found out that his father had passed away. He didn't even know that his dad had died. Sad, right? So he's struggling, and, but he, he wants to follow Jesus. And he has a friend from youth group, and his dad is Honduran. He's from the country of Honduras in South America. So like there's the United States, and then there's Mexico, and then down here is Honduras. And so his friend's dad is from Honduras, and he speaks very little English. Uh, he speaks Spanish. And, and Nya Cha came over to their house, and they could see that he was upset because he had just found out that his dad had died. And so his friend said, uh, you know, hey, Dad, what if we prayed for Nya Cha? And his dad said, sure, absolutely. And, and so they asked him what was wrong, and he said that he's just his heart was broken and that he was trying to follow Jesus, but he, just, he was just struggling. And so uh, Nia's friend and his, and his friend's dad started praying for him. And then in, in, Nia, in, in his friend's dad's heart, he felt that the Holy Spirit was impressing on him, go ahead and pray in your prayer language, because he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and had the ability to pray in a language he didn't learn. And so they were praying for Nyacha in English, and he was just kind of, you know, yeah. And then the dad began to pray in his prayer language, and Nyacha started to weep. He was, 
he was just weeping and holding on to the dad as he's praying in his prayer language. And they finish praying, and, and the, the, his friend says, yeah, what in the world just happened? And he said, that was the most beautiful prayer in my native language, which is incredibly difficult to speak. And what he just prayed over me is that God loves me, and like a father, he's going to take care of me. That is amazing. That is the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. That God wants to take and transform each and every one of us so that we can go and be his witnesses. Right? That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Um, Thomas, go ahead and play the Acts 1.8. Jesus tells his disciples what is we can expect. transformational power of God that like like beast was transformed God wants to transform each and every one of us and fill us with his Holy Spirit so that we can go and 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 do things that you could never do in your own strength let's pray Heavenly Father Lord we are just so grateful for your transformation power Lord, we pray that this morning that we, like, the, like our forefathers, the, the disciples of the first century, as they were in the upper room praying and expecting you to do something amazing, and you came and you filled them, you baptized them in the Holy Spirit, that, Lord, for us today on this day of Pentecost, that you would come and fill us with your transformation power. Jesus' name. Amen. Steve and Luke, can you guys come back up and, and lead us in 10,000 Reasons one more time? What I'd like to do, we're way early. What I'd like to do is I'm going to move this thing out of the way. And I, I know Luke had had a, a heart's desire to do worship outside, kind of in a all together in a group. What I'd like to do this morning is I want all of us to get up out of our seats We've got tons of extra room up here. Come down up front, and we're going to sing 10,000 Reasons. Come on forward. <laughs> 